What's going on, everybody? Uh, welcome back to another episode of Talking a Bunch of Hoopla. Uh, this obviously this episode's gonna be <laughs> very different than most because I don't know how long this is gonna be exactly because the the outline of this podcast I had I'm just gonna fucking not gonna use it this week. Uh, as you are, or as most people who listen to this are aware already, uh, Kobe Bryant passed away today. Uh, January 26th in a helicopter crash in Calabasas, California. Uh, there were eight other people on board, including his daughter, uh, Gigi, and among other like friends and you know young players and such. Um, I don't have all the details now because there's still so much coming out. Um, so I'm not gonna sit here and you know rattle off a bunch of what ifs or what what may have happened or exactly you know who's there because again i haven't seen a lot to where it's 100 percent proven and the the la sheriff's county has said you know once the coroners get back and everything and things get announced then i'll do it from there but out of disrespect for everybody at this time i'm just gonna leave it there but um to explain where i was because i was very fucking surprised during all this um i was sitting in buffalo wild wings with two of some old friends just catching up and just kind of sharing stories over the years and just whatever. And ironically, we were talking about sports and basketball at that moment when I, you know, checked my phone and all of a sudden my phone's blowing up. I got calls and text messages. I'm like, oh, what the fuck happened? Like, is everything all right? Go to check and I see my dad text me. He goes, oh, Kobe Bryant just died. I was like, what? Then I see my this group chat I'm in and my friends are freaking out, you know, they're like, holy shit. Kobe Bryant just died like I can't fucking believe it and I was like wait a minute let's fucking me relax and I I was like I just I saw my phone I just went up I was like yo like Kobe Bryant's dead and my friend's like what what the fuck do you mean he's dead I was like he's fucking dead like he died I don't know what happened so I'm doing some couple searches I'm checking Twitter and you know checking like news and shit like news sites and it was like TMZ it's like TMZ reports Kobe Bryant passed away at the age of 41 and then a lot of the waiters were like you know, they see me, my friends kind of reacting, and they're like, yeah, like, we found out a few minutes ago that, you know, Kobe just passed, and fuck, like, I'm, I'm take like, okay, I'm not the biggest basketball fan, to be honest, I never was, I'm slowly becoming more of a basketball fan over these last few months and last year or so, so I never had the privilege to watch Kobe Bryant play during his tenure in the NBA, Um, I've seen, like, the highlights and things like that, and you know, I have friends who are, you know, who are diehard basketball fans. So hearing them talk about Kobe over the years and how great he was as a player. And, you know, I, I at least for me personally, I was excited to see him, you know, outside of the NBA. Because I, I liked how he was, you know, with his work ethic, you know, inside and outside of sports. And how he was with just with business and just life. And I'm sure millions of other people would agree with me that he was, you know, he was someone you look up to. You know, someone who put in... 100% effort in everything he did because why not? You know, why half-ass anything when you can give it your best and you, you know, you what you give in is what you get back. And the whole mama mentality that he's always kind of giving to people, not just in sports or not just in business, just in life in general and, you know, how he was with everything and, you know, seeing him, you know, just kind of grow as a person over the years dealing with the, his own issues that they've been you know, front center in the media and all that, which I won't speak on because that's not the point of all this. But I know people will, so I'm just saying that there. Um, and just seeing him, you know, all the stuff with him and his daughter and 
seeing her highlights on YouTube now, and I think she's like she was in eighth grade, I believe. But gee, this just just sucks. This I I feel like I kind of lost like a friend to be honest. The best way to describe it, like I'm taking this surprisingly very hard. I think it's mainly because you know we've if you're a sports fan, you've seen this happen before, where an athlete you know passes away due to something, whether it's an accident, you know, natural causes or self-inflicted wounds or drug overdoses or any kind of number of ways people, you know, die. But I think this one hits just the world in general different just because it was someone like Kobe Bryant who was so beloved and so, you know, like uh, inspiring to many people and being looked up to by millions of people across the world and just being an inspiration to so many people and how much he made an impact on you know, people within the basketball world, friends, family of his, and among others, and people who he'll never meet, obviously now, and just their lives and how he's affected them, and it's just, it just sucks, you know, it it does. It's it's one of those things where people talk about in 10 years ago, where were you when, like, you heard about Kobe Bryant passing and things like that, so, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what else to say, because there really isn't much to say, it's just, this sucks, and, you know, yeah, I mean, and obviously all over social media and everything, and it's all everyone's talking about, and of course, because it's, it's a huge loss, and just the sports community and just the community of human beings in general, losing someone of his stature, um, especially the day after, you know, LeBron passed him in all-time scoring, uh, now LeBron's third and Kobe's fourth, seeing the videos of LeBron crying and, you know, Trey Young wearing the number eight during the Hawks game, and seeing Trey Young cry um, with his mom about it, like on the sidelines and such, and seeing Devin Booker get emotional and see players of all different sports who looked off to him just, you know, just losing someone that, you know, they've been a fan of and, you know, they've honored their entire lives and probably, you know, mainly if coming to basketball players of, you know, all genders, you know, shaping their games around like Kobe Bryant. Same thing with like Kobe Bryant did with Michael Jordan. You know, shaping the game, shaping your game around someone you honor so much and you just love so much that you're like, I want to be like this person because what they do is so amazing and so different than what we're used to seeing. And now, you know, thankfully, you know, people had the opportunity to see him while he played, and you know, now people can, his you know, his highlights will live on forever, and everything he's ever done will you know be bigger than it ever was now. So. Sadly, he couldn't have done it himself, but sadly, his death had to be, you know, the reason for that now. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Um, what I'm going to do, though, is I'm going to add a bunch of clips to this episode. Um, one is going to be him discussing his opinion on death, because I thought his opinion on that is very interesting and how he handles that. Um, one is going to be uh, LeBron James talking about him passing LeBron and how much... not. Not him passing LeBron, excuse me. Him passing Kobe and how much uh, that meant to him, you know, growing up as a kid who looked up to Kobe Bryant. And then going over the the audio from the L.A. Sheriff's County and them talking about that. Um, just messages from, like, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Stephen A. Smith. And I think there's one other thing. I'm not exactly sure. remember which one I, I, I downloaded. But there'll be a bunch of clips played in this today and... Of course, I do not own the clips to any of these. I don't own any of the audio to this. Uh, all of the um, 
rights go to the respective owners of these clips. So, you know, just kind of get that out of the way. Um, you know, rest in peace to Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gigi, and all the families uh, that lost someone today, including the other people on board. Um, you know, right now, I don't know their names because they haven't really been announced yet, but they're not nameless. You know, people like brothers, husbands, and best friends and all that have been lost today. So, you know, my condolences go out to everybody involved in that situation. People who are, you know, mourning right now and dealing with that. So it's a tough time for everybody, but, you know, hopefully this will, you know, make people stronger. And it's going to be tough for a lot of people. You know, I, I've done dealt with my own share of, you know, death myself and losing a bunch of people in my life. So I have an understanding to what it's like, not to that effect, of course, to where it's like someone of his stature and also how it happened. But I still, you know, know what it's like. I'm sure a lot of people do. But what I will say, though, before I go, because this is kind of something I want to touch on. I've I've, I've touched on this before in previous episodes, but now probably resonates more than ever. Um, For a lot of people, a lot of kids and a lot of people my age or whoever, this may be you know, their first experience with loss or, like, death of someone they know or they're a big a fan of, celebrity-wise or whoever. However, they've this Kobe Bryant was involved in their lives. This is their first experience with death. And, you know, there's going to be people out there that's going to say, oh, he's, you know, it's, you know, it's whatever. It's just a basketball player. He was just a guy. No one, you, why are you crying over someone you don't know? Fuck that. Fuck them. Who cares what they say? You know, if this, no matter what, if you've met this person or not, this person had an effect on your life and you should feel the way you feel. If you're upset, feel upset. You know, if you want to cry, don't be fucking ashamed to cry. Like, honestly, you, you shouldn't. You know, this is someone who, for I'm, you know, I'm just, you may have loved watching your whole life or, you know, grow up, grew up watching him and he inspired you to be a basketball player, pick up a basketball and want to do the moves you saw him do on the court or just how he was as a person, how he, you know, inspired you in your life, however, you know, you chose to go about that. And, you know, don't don't let people tell you you shouldn't feel how you feel because, you know, if you're hurt by this, feel hurt. Embrace the pain It's because it'll just make, you know, everything else easier. It's going to fucking suck for a while. It is. It's not going to get easy right now. It may not get month. It may not get easy next month or next year. It may take a lot of time. But within however long it takes you, and seriously, take your time with all this. Fuck what people got to say about Oh, you should be over this by now. It's just a just a guy. No, fuck that. Fuck what they gotta say. Take as long as you need. You know, talk to people who will understand and respect how you feel about this. And you know, just take as much time as you need. Just you know, embrace the loved ones and be around people you care about. And you know, just send them a hug, shoot them a text. You know, whether you're not, you know, whether or not. You know, they're busy or whatever's going on. Just say, hey, just want to say, love you, appreciate you. And because life sucks. Life just ends the way it does. You know, one day everything's great. The next day it's the last day of your life. You know, you never know what could happen. But it's just a sad part of life that everyone eventually goes through. And, you know, it doesn't get easier as you get older. So, you know, I'm 25 and I've been to however many funerals seeing you know been through my own experience with death and losing close ones and you know being there for people who have lost their close ones and it's it's never fun it's never anything that 
I recommend, obviously, and there's nothing, it's nothing you can really do in the moment to make it easier. You kind of have to just let things play out the way they do because, you know, everyone reacts differently to things like this. You know, some people may just absolutely fucking lose it. Some people just kind of internalize it and so on and so forth. So just feel how you feel. Don't let anybody judge you, you know, or don't let anybody bother you or don't let anybody fucking get at you for feeling the way you feel because if you feel hurt by this, feel hurt. It's okay. Um, and like I said, there's going to be clips added throughout all this, so... Yeah, um, thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast today. I'm, you know, it's uh, dedicated to Kobe, his family, and everybody lost in today's tragedy. But you know, I guess if you want to follow the podcast, all the links will be in the description and things like that. So I'm not gonna get super in depth with that. But thank you, and and now uh, all the clips I said earlier that I was gonna play are gonna play right after this. So if you don't feel comfortable listening to it, I understand if you want to turn it off at this point, but. You know, I figured I'd just add these out of respect. So, here we go. When I was a, a kid, when I was in high school, um, I was growing up through the ranks when Kobe came into the league. He was, um, you know, it wasn't a dream of mine to come straight, you know, from high school at that point in time to the NBA. But I was like, wow, a 17-year-old, 18-year-old kid being able to, to make that leap, that's that's pretty damn cool. Um, and and as I started playing more ball and I went into high school, the things that he was doing on the floor, I, you know, admired and wanted to be a part of. Um, I went to ABCD camp and he came and talked to all the all the all the kids that was there and I happened to be one of the one of the kids that was there and I was just I was just listening. I was just trying to soak everything up I could. You know, and I remember one thing that he said he was like if you want to try to be, you know, great at it or want to be one of the greats, you gotta put the work in. You know, there's no substitution to work. And and I was a fifteen year old kid at that camp, you can actually find the footage of him, uh, him at that camp. Um, and in 2001, I believe um, I was playing in, in New Jersey, and the All-Star game, if I'm not mistaken, and y'all can correct me, was in Philly, right? Yeah, that Saturday, uh, me and Maverick drove to the Intercontinental downtown Philadelphia, um, and he gave me a pair of his shoes, which I ended up wearing um, that following night. It was the red, white, and blue Kobe's. I was a 15 and he was a 14 and I wore him anyways. Um, and I sat and just talked to him for a little bit. He gave me the shoes, I rocked them in the game. Um, and it was the same night that we played uh, Oak Hill against Melo. And then I saw what he was able to do the very next night winning MVP here um, in Philly. That, 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 that same, uh, that following night. Um, as I got drafted, I still just admired him you know, seeing what he was able to accomplish, winning championships, having, you know, being early in his career where, you know, he, he learned from the misses that he had against the series against Utah, and he just used that as motivation and got better and better and better to him winning multiple championships and uh, continued to admire him throughout my high school rank. And, um, and then as competitors, um, just seeing the work ethic, um, the work ethic that he put into the game, he had zero flaws offensively, zero. Uh, you backed off of him, he could shoot the three. You pick, you know, you body him up a little bit. He can go around you. He can shoot the mid range. He can post. He can make free throws. He had zero flaws offensively, and um, you know that's something that I admired as well. Just being a, at a point where the defense will always be at bay, where they couldn't guard you at all offensively, where you just felt like you was just immortal offensively because of your skill set and your work ethic. 
Uh, we take it down to 2008 where we become the redeem, the redeem team. And it was a dream come true for me to be able to line up with, alongside of him. Um, just admiring him for so many years and him seeing him from afar and then being able to be in practices with him and, and you know, me watching and learning. Um, so, on. I mean, it's just, it's just too much. It's just too much. The story is just too much. It doesn't make sense. Um, and just to make a long story short, now I'm here in the Lakers uniform in Philadelphia, where he's from, where I wanted the first, first time I ever met him, gave me his shoes, he won All-Star Week. It's just, it's surreal. It doesn't make no sense, but the, the universe uh, just puts things in, in your life. And, and, and when you, I guess when you live in the right way or you just giving everything to whatever you're doing, um, things happen organically and it's not supposed to make sense, but it just happens. And uh, sorry, and uh, I'm happy to just to be in a, any conversation with Kobe Bean Bryant, one of the all-time greatest basketball players to ever play, one of the all-time greatest Lakers. The man got two jerseys hanging up in Staples Center. It's just, it's just crazy. And the irony for you as a pass-first player, you said basically your whole life to not be third scoring on the all-time Um, yeah, because I, I, I don't, um, I just don't. I, I've never seen myself as a scorer. Um, I've seen myself as just a, a, a guy that's just a basketball player, and, and, I, and I've always wanted to have the, that, that triple threat mentality, being able to pass, being able to rebound, being able to score at times. And um, you know, I've always loved this, the I've always loved the excitement that I gave my teammates by giving them the ball, seeing them score. Since I first ever started playing a game of basketball, that's always been like the greatest thing on the floor for me. And also being able to get back and, and make uh, you know like change in plays defensively. Um, so to be in this position as far as a scoring record or or scoring list, um, that also doesn't make sense to me. You played against Kobe for so long. Was there a point where you have to stop idolizing him so you can play play against him and compete and win and all those kinds of things? No. No, but you also can keep the main thing the main thing. Um, once the game started, when we competed against each other, um, probably after the first time I played him, my rookie year, you, you, you keep the main thing the main thing, and you're trying to go out and win the game, and he's trying to destroy you because that's what Kobe's all about. Um, he has zero friends out on the floor, but that doesn't mean that I'm still not admiring the guy that I'm playing against. Um, I'm able to still prioritize and understand what's, uh, what's going on on the floor. So. Um, and I think I showed that when we when we competed against each other. And then not, um, not getting a chance to play against him in the finals. Is, uh, at one time, you said that was one of your very few regrets uh, in your basketball career. Does that still still stand? I won't say it's a regret um, because it is what it is. The game has given me everything, and I've given the game everything as well. Um, but uh, we had an opportunity. Um, I think that was 2009 or eight. The year we lost to Orlando in the Eastern Conference Finals. And uh, we had a hell of a year that year. I think we were 66 and 16, and we got all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals, but we ran up against a, a Dwight Howard in his prime. And uh, he completely, uh, he crushed us, and along with Hito and, and Rashard Lewis and the rest of those guys. But um, no, it's not a regret. Um, I think it would have been amazing to be able to compete against Kobe in the finals. It would have been great for the fans, but it's no, no regret. We had enough battles. Huh? Envision it that you would pass it? No, I didn't. I, it didn't matter. It could have been a layup, it could have been a free throw, it could have been a dunk, it could have been a three, it could have been 
a tip in. It doesn't matter. Because um, for me, I don't. I didn't go into the game saying, "Okay, this is how I'm going to do it." If it would have if it happened tonight, like it did, cool. If it didn't, I wasn't. I really wasn't tripping about it. What's it been like adjusting to having Kobe as a spectator at your games and sort of cheering you on uh, as you were chasing this record? Um, it's pretty cool. It's it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, that's pretty much how I'm gonna be when I'm done playing. Um, being able to come back and watch this beautiful game, and hopefully, you know, there's some, you know, somebody still playing the game at a high level. That guy across the hallway, Ben Simmons, I can sit and watch him and see how much he's continued to grow and watch him see him continue to do what he do, because uh, he's growing every day. So, I mean, it's a pretty cool thing to see him and. and you know, and see Gigi at the games, and and just uh, you know, just it's, it's a brotherhood. You know, it's a brotherhood being a part of the, the the Lakers franchise, and we all root for one another, no matter past, present, or future. That's that's what it's about. Last two questions. Uh, I, I'm I'm getting to every. I've, as you see, I had to answer a phone call while y'all was in here, so I haven't got to all my messages yet. Last question. LeBron, is there a favorite memory? I mean, is it him giving you the sneakers? Is it winning gold medals? Is it, was it something on the court that you guys did against one another that just stands out when you think about him? Um, as far as together? Yeah. Just something. It's just it's too many. It's too many. It could be uh, the last game we played against each other in Staples. It could be his last All-Star game. Um, you know, right there at halftime, he was getting interviewed by the great. Craig Sager, rest in peace. Um, that that is an unbelievable moment right there, and and I went over there and hijacked his interview, you know. So um, us winning a gold medal together, uh, some of the things that us going to some of the other events uh, for Team USA, uh, you know, watching Phelps or um, you know, some so many different things that we did together as as teammates. So you know, when I like I said, I was a 15 year old kid who was able to meet him. I was in awe. You know, and he gave me a pair of his shoes. Um, it's not just one. It's, it's, it's impossible to, to just single out just one of them. But um, it, it, it's cool to know that you have the support of one of the all-time greats that ever played this game and uh, someone that you admired um, to be like on the floor um, and, and do the things, win championships, be young, and, 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 um, and be remembered. You know, you don't have that much time to play this game. and. You know, if you're able to uh, be remembered, um, you know, for the, the great things that you did, the positive things that you did, you know, making people feel, you know, great about what you did, um, that's a pretty cool thing. So, uh, I wrote on my shoes tonight. I think I put, uh, I think I put Mamba f uh, for life, eight twenty four uh, KB, because uh, it's really, it's really that, it's really that mutual. So, good afternoon. My name is Daryl Osby, and I'm the fire chief of the Los Angeles County Fire Department. I want to thank you for coming here to today's uh, briefing of the Willow incident. Today, shortly before 10 o'clock at 9.47 a.m., the Los Angeles County Fire Department received a 911 call of a potential helicopter down in a brush fire at the intersection of Los Virgins Road and Willow Glen Street in the city of Calabasas in unincorporated uh, Los Angeles County. Upon arrival, our firefighters discovered approximately a quarter acre brush fire that resulted from a crash on the, on the hillside. 
The Los Angeles County Fire Department initial response was 15 pieces of apparatus and 56 personnel that consisted of paramedics, engine company, heavy rescue, truck company, hand crews, and aircraft and a chief officer to oversee the incident. Upon arrival during the incident and upon arrival of the Sheriff's Department, our two de respective departments entered into unified command to handle this incident. Um, our firefighters on scene indicated that there was a debris field and steep terrain with a quarter acre brush fire that was occurring at the time. Our firefighters hiked in to the accident site with their medical equipment and hose lines to uh, extinguish the uh, stubborn fire as it included the brush fire, debris from a helicopter, and the fire also included magnesium, which is very hard for our firefighters to extinguish because uh, magnesium reacts with oxygen and water. In addition to our firefighters hiking into the incident, we had one helicopter flying to the incident with firefighter paramedics on board. Those paramedics were hoisted down to the incident early into the uh, incident. Um, they did a search of the area for survivors. Unfortunately, all the survivors on board were determined to have been perished. Um, firefighters and hand crews worked to extinguish the fire while carefully preserving the incident for investigation. Um, currently, the investigation is still ongoing. I would like to turn this over to my sheriff to continue the press briefing. Thank you, Chief Osby. Personnel from Los Hills Sheriff's Station responded to the scene of, of the crash site and uh, assisted the fire department. And we've established a, a containment area and now our Aero Bureau has a handle on traffic or uh, aircraft accidents. However, when there's a fatality, then it switches to the National Transportation Safety Bureau, the NTSB, and the Federal Aviation Administration, the FAA. FAA is already on scene and assisting. We're waiting the arrival of the coroner's office to assist in the recovery of the remains. As the chief indicated, there were no survivors. We have a manifest that indicates that there was nine people on board the aircraft, the pilot plus eight individuals. Uh, there is wide speculation as who the identities are. However, it is entirely inappropriate right now to identify anyone by name until the coroner has made the identification through their very deliberative process and they've made, made notifications to next of kin. And it'd be extremely disrespectful to understand that your loved one was perished and you learn about it from TMZ. That is just wholly inappropriate. So we're not gonna be going there. We're gonna wait till the coroner does their job and we're assisting the families of those who believe they've been impacted and it's a, it's a, it's a tough process. And our hope goes out to all of the members they were on board, all the family of everyone who was on board this aircraft, and uh, God bless their souls. So at this point in time, we have nothing that we can add until the coroner does their job. And we'll be making those notifications when we have the information and we know the next of kin have been notified, then we can release the information publicly. And you'll be notified in uh, subsequent uh, announcements. Sheriff, Sheriff the there is one thing you can confirm. Do we have a confirmation bodies? actually of nine bodies there at the scene? That is, that is our belief, yes.
Thank you. So we realize at this point there are so many questions. There's a lot of information out there. And again, we understand um, you know, we, there's a lot of information that's floating, but we certainly have a responsibility and an obligation out of respect, of course, for the families. And this is a very difficult time uh, for us all, for the city. We have the mayor here of Calabasas, also city council. We thank them for being here. And in fact, they wanted to pass on a message that uh, for those in the community that want to gather here and are coming to Calabasas, um, if you do, uh, you are welcome to join others at the De Anza Park here in Calabasas and the cross streets there are Los Hills and Las Virginas. Also, um, the Sheriff's Information Bureau, we will be sending out updates as to uh, when there will be, if there is one, a press uh, advisory out, a notification of another press conference or any other updates through our Twitter. So please look for that. And again, we thank you so much for being here today. And again, thank you for your time. It's very difficult for me to put in words how I feel about the loss of Kobe Bryant. As a young boy, I met him when he was 11 or 12 years old. I was friends with his dad, Joe. We were uh, former uh, adversaries. Joe played for the 76ers, but he was a good friend and uh, someone that I shared a friendship. And it's hard for me to uh, understand now how this is affecting Joe and his wife. So uh, to Kobe's family, I, I want to send my most sincere and heartfelt uh, regrets and prayers, and my thoughts are with you guys. Kobe was a, an incredible family man. He loved his wife and, and daughters. He was an incredible athlete and a leader in a, in a lot of ways. He inspired a whole generation of young athletes. He was one of the first ones to leave high school and come into the NBA and do so well, dominating the game and becoming one of the best scorers that the Los Angeles Lakers has ever seen. I had the privilege of being there when he scored his 81-point game, and it was something that I will always remember as one of the highlights of uh, the things that I have learned and observed in sports. Kobe, my thoughts are with you. Absolutely. Rest in peace, young man. It, this loss is its, it's just hard to comprehend. Go with God. Stephen A., um, how are you processing this information right now, brother? Um, it's just devastating. Obviously, I found out uh, a few minutes after uh, the reports came out. And, um, you know, I'm, it's a guy I've known for his entire career. And um, I've known him pretty well. And we've talked a lot and uh, throughout the years. And knowing what a winner he was, uh, not just on the basketball court, but off of it. Uh, how inspirational he was, how motivational he was in terms of really helping to instill in other people, uh, you know, just the tenacity and the focus on being all that you could be, never taking any shortcuts, uh, a willingness to put in the work, uh, to rip yourself and shred yourself of the excuses of the things that hold you back from achieving the things that you aspire to achieve. Uh, it didn't it wasn't just about basketball with him. It was about life and that Mamba mentality wasn't something that was reserved uh, For just basketball players or for just athletes. It was for any human being out there who had a dream uh, Who had uh, who felt the need to be inspired about something who wanted something so badly It was about going out and getting it and um, he was just that kind of guy and uh, he laughed a lot more than people realized um, he was he, he told a lot of jokes more than people realized he'd sting you whenever he could because that was his way um, He was a guy that uh, 
he was a great basketball player. Uh, he was a great father. He loved his wife, Vanessa, obviously, tremendously. Um, he was a great friend. Uh, we were just together on New Year's Eve, and um, we were supposed to meet again in a few weeks uh, to discuss some things and to just hear the news that he passed away, uh, particularly in this fashion. Uh, he's been taking a helicopter for decades, uh, living in Newport Beach and, you know, flying, uh, uh, you know, toward downtown to L.A. to the Staples Center, you know, to and from games all the time for many, many years. Uh, he loved being in that helicopter. He certainly was never really concerned about it. Um, and for him to be gone, uh, particularly through these means, is incredibly tragic and is sad. And I know that his daughter uh, was on the on the, on the helicopter with him. It it it, it just resonates even that much more profoundly. So um, obviously, it's incredibly sad for me. Incredibly sad for the NBA community. And um, it's just hard to put it in words. To be quite honest with you, that's the best I can do. You know, Stephen A. Kobe Bryant's been a public figure for you know more than two decades, as you mentioned. I mean, he took Brandy to high school prom, right? I mean, who got to do that? But Kobe Bryant did that. Yeah. Then he comes into the NBA with the bravado of a 10-year veteran, uh, even if he didn't have the skills at that time to match it. But then five NBA championships, an MVP, two gold medals at the Olympics. We've seen Kobe Bryant for quite some time. And from a, a, a fan standpoint, if you will, we feel like we do know who Kobe Bryant is, the relentless competitor, the never-give-up attitude. Uh, you mentioned some of the off-court things, a sense of humor. What is it about Kobe Bryant, Stephen A., that most people, frankly, don't know? Well, I, I would tell you that, again, I use the word motivational because I think that a lot of times when people look at him and they take some of the words and some of the things that he spewed, uh, they, they, they try to attach it to athletics, but he wasn't about that. He was about life. Uh, you know, when I spoke at the University of Alabama for Nick Saban last year, Kobe had spoken prior to that, I think a year earlier than that. Anywhere he could go to inspire people to be the best that they can be. That was something that he wanted to do. He didn't want to just do it through his words, however. He wanted to continue to do it through his own work to show that basketball was just one element of what he was all about. It certainly didn't limit him in any way. He spoke several languages fluently, um, obviously Italian, uh, uh, Spanish, and of course English. I mean, this guy was a highly, highly intellectual. He was a brilliant mind, um, and he was not shy about letting you know that he he was brilliant because he never believed he was. He was on a mission to constantly elevate himself intellectually. That's just the, the temperament uh, that he had. But he also wanted to be inspirational in that regard. I remember years ago uh, when I had the show, quite frankly, on ESPN2 and people used to talk about me, you know, interviewing people and they used to bring up folks like Oprah and others. He used to say, damn all of that, not Oprah, Harpo. That was his mentality. Don't think about just being in front of the camera. Think about owning the product. Think about something bigger than what you're thinking about constantly. It's not just about being a reporter. It's about being an author. It's not just about being a basketball player. It's about being a champion. It's not just about being an artist. It's about being an Academy Award winner. These are all things that he had visions of and it was consistent with who he was from the time that you knew him because coming into the NBA, one of the things that had turned him others off about him initially, he came into the league talking about how he was going to be 
as great, if not greater, than Michael Jordan one day. And people used to look at him and say, this dude is off of his rocker. His chest is sticking out just a little bit too much. He needs perspective. And then sure enough, when you watched him work and you saw the commitment that he put in, you realize he wasn't playing. He was dead serious. He would win championships. He would take a week or two off and then show back up a week or two later and start working in the summertime at 530 in the morning. This is what he did religiously. When other people were taking vacations, he was studying. When other people were taking breaks, he was working out. That was his entire mentality about anything and everything. And if you were going to be around him and you talked about aspiring to do something, one of the biggest things he would question you about was the work that you were putting in. He would probe, he would interrogate because he wanted to make sure that you were doing what you said that you wanted to do that you were if you were truly aspiring to go after what you were aspiring to go after he wanted to judge what you were doing for yourself to see how seriously he could take that you really meant what you said about really really going for it that was his mentality all of the time and he was that way with teammates he was that way with executives he was that way with league officials he was that way with contemporaries he certainly was that way with me um, along with a bevy of other people that he called friends or called one of his boys or whatever the case may be that was his mentality and all of that shaped black mamba the mamba mentality you either had to adjust to the program or you didn't want to be around him because he wasn't going to change because he knew you he was right and you were probably wrong if you were against him so we are sitting on top of a mesoamerican muralist painting of a clock yeah i gotta ask because i feel like the setting is begging for it what's your relationship with death a comfortable one yeah it's a comfortable one it's a it's an understanding can't have life without death, can't have life without the dark, right? So it's an acceptance of that. When it came time to decide whether or not I should retire, that's really an acceptance mm -hmm. of that mortality that all athletes face, right? And if you combat it, you'll have always that inner struggle within yourself, right, you know what right, I mean? Right. And, uh, so it's, uh, I'm comfortable with it. I have to ask this because I, I'm dying to know. What do you think happens after you die? I don't know. You don't know? No, I don't know, but I'll know when I die. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a question that you You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like, it's really, to me, it's, 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 it's that simple. Okay. I don't know. We'll you see. Just see when you get there. Yeah.